Hi, everyone. We're your beer-drinking babes. I'm Ashley. And I'm Nagy. And we're from Rock Candy Podcast. Every week, we bring you a story from the world of music while drinking thematic beers. Did you ever wonder how much Charles Manson inspired the music you love today? Did you know that Joy Division and New Order are virtually the same band? Are you aware of how weird Kesha really is? Like, how she had sex with a ghost? Do you also not understand what Post Malone is? Because we don't. Well, we got you covered. Behind the Music isn't around anymore, but we're here to pick up the slack. And be a little drunker. Yeah, so go ahead and look for Rock Candy Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you catch your pods. And with that, party on, kids. Party on. episode is brought to you by BS Productions. Be seen with BS Productions specializing in lifestyle photography and documentary style video productions. BS Productions can help you take your brand to the next level. Go to briannaspas.com. That's B R I A N N A S P A U S E.com. Oh, hello, my fellow playlisters. Yes, that is what I decided to call my listeners. I don't know if I'm going to stick to it, but I like it so far. Kind of sounds a little pornographic, but overall, it's it's a good intro, right? Um, so today's a solo show, um, kind of. And this is the 22nd episode of show me your playlist. I posted the first one on December 3rd of 2018, so about four months ago, and now there's just no stopping me. I am go, go, go. And uh, yeah, I wanted to give an origin episode of basically a little bit of who I am, why I started this podcast, what kind of work goes into this for me, uh, my ridiculous ideas that I'm constantly coming up with, uh, this episode included. I had some guests and friends submit questions that I'm going to answer and talk about what I'm listening to this week. And for the really cool part, it is a Show Me Your Band playlist episode. Yes, surprisingly, a lot of bands and artists want to be on the podcast. And while I wish I had so much bandwidth, no pun intended, to have all the musicians on, it is impossible. Plus, while this is a music podcast of sorts, it's not just for musicians, if you haven't caught on yet. Um, 
So from now on, until however long I'll be doing this podcast, which uh, I hope is a really long time, I am going to be doing a Show Me Your Band playlist episode. I will pick songs that I dig from music submitted to me for the podcast. I will also reach out for bands on the DIY collaborative page for Philadelphia. I think I'm going to hit up Cincinnati too. Uh, This episode kind of got me inspired to get the pulse back in New York in upstate too. Uh, And really feature bands that pass through Philly too as well. You'll hear a couple of those on this episode. Uh, Basically, bands will send me music. I will listen to it. I actually had fun listening to it with my friend Jeremy. Uh, We sat down on a Friday night and ate falafel and I went through 50 songs and I picked out a couple acts that I wanted to be on and wanted to talk to them. So I will do kind of a condensed version of a regular episode. I will sit down with a member or individual musician and I will feature one of their songs. So it will be like interview, song, interview, song, interview, song. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, I hope so. Because I really don't want this episode to uh, crash and burn. But yeah, so here it is. Katie Kruger and the start of Show Me Your Playlist. Right off the bat, I am going to answer Brian Walker's of A Day Without Love's Rapid Fire Questions. Shout out to Brian and Brianna Spaws, our sweet, fierce sponsor, who are currently playing shows and making a documentary of the Storytellers Tour. Uh, They are almost done and on their way back, but Brian sent me over these questions and he does a video vlog and some of these are very relevant to his like food vlog he's been doing um sushi or tacos tacos most definitely always tacos uh hardcore or punk forever punk without punk there would not be hardcore so and i love a good metal melody and they can work that in there a whole lot better than hardcore can food truck or pop-up this is a hard one because Taylor and I pretty much lurk Okie Doke Donuts. Uh, they're gluten-free donuts in Philly, and they're delicious. Uh, and we go wherever they're popped up, so we're kind of a sucker for that. Um, but I'm going to say, outside of that, I could care less about pop-ups. Uh, maybe that's a lie. Martha has really cool ones, too. I love food trucks, though. I'm going to leave that one as a tie. Um, Fishtown or South Philly? Wow. You are coming in with the real hard questions on this one. Uh, So let me break this one down. I am a person that's very much South Philly. If you have met me or know me, I'm not always super polished uh, as Fishtown would like, uh, or at least Fishtown proper, I guess. I live in Kensington, but people seem to walk out their door and already look like a fashion model and like a... Instagram inspirational account. Um, but I like being loud and I enjoy knowing my neighbors on a more like neighbor like an actual neighbor like basis. Uh, I also had a guy, Danny, who would feed my dog meatballs in South Philly. And I really love playing darts in divey bars and listening to 80s music and talking to my favorite bartender about art definitely talking about black cat um 
But yeah, if I didn't move to Kensington, though, or get a job in Fishtown, I don't know if I would be doing this podcast or even staying in Philly, to be completely honest. I really learned how to get uncomfortable here. I learned to push myself a little more uh, and put myself out there. Not saying that South Philly didn't, I just... uh, I, I took the opportunities that Fishtown had with all the bars and being very condensed and really close to everything and everyone wanting to be here so Ubers and Lyfts are cheaper to catch than when you're at Broad in Oregon. Uh, food festivals or beer festivals? Oh, I guess I didn't answer the last question. Uh, South Philly has my heart forever. Uh, so food festivals or beer festivals? Um... Food festivals, because there is always beer there. The ratio is better. More food than booze. And that is what I strive for at festivals of those sorts. Plus, there's usually a lot of people at food or booze festivals. So, um, yeah. I'm going to say food festivals. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Um, I enjoyed that very much, uh, and I can't wait to talk to you and Brianna when you are back about the Storytellers Tour. Anyways, so show me your playlist. This was kind of a long time coming for me to start this podcast. I was looking for a creative outlet to put my focus on. Originally, it was going to be called PMS, uh, a podcast made with sass. It was going to be a thing for sure. And if anyone wants to steal this idea, I even have like a half-made logo you can have. Um, It was going to be a thing, almost the same premise as this, but kind of focusing on talking to women or really any marginalized person about their endeavors, their hobbies, uh, their careers, just to, again, inspire others with just real-life relatable experiences and stories. I felt like I was making my audience narrow by doing that, and so I didn't get as gun-ho. I thought it was still a brilliant idea. It is, uh, but I thought I was just making it very narrow and that I wouldn't have as much uh, kind of fun structure, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, but I I took a trip, a day trip. I got on a Peter Pan bus to New York City and it was a really rough day. It was weird. I took the bus to New York City and I needed to get out of Philly. I missed New York. I missed my family. I was kind of just all disheveled. I had just come back uh, a month prior from Cincinnati and I was kind of set on moving back to Cincinnati. I missed all my friends. I didn't feel like I was really living out here. And so I got on a bus to the city because the city has always been one of those places where I will hop on a bus and get lost for a couple hours and then get back on a bus. Um, It was the worst bus ride and it smelled awful. I can't even describe to you the smell. It just smelled like dirty hippie feet and like shit. It was, I've, it was the worst thing ever. And I've taken a bus from Albany, New York to Miami before. And this was probably, this trumps that for sure. Um, I got on the bus and I met up with a friend and we were talking and we were kind of just going all over the place with podcasting and what I wanted to do with my art and kind of all these ideas were just like 
flowing out and I actually listened to myself as I was talking with this person about different creative endeavors and things that I wanted to accomplish and things that I was going to take on. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just realized that I, it was like, pull that bandaid off and just do it and like really set yourself to it. And I had met someone at one point that was more accomplished than I was. And that's very rare as well. Um, and so I was kind of intimidated and I felt like I needed to like, I got in this like little rut and I needed to get out. And so I created this podcast idea. I came home and I knew that it was going to be about music because we were talking about like, duh, why wouldn't it be about music? It's the one thing that I always talk to anyone about is music. And uh, I came home and I I had the idea and I knew it was going to be show me your playlist and it was going to be people making playlists and I had all these ideas and I, I didn't really know how to structure it. And I listened to a lot of podcasts and I still went into my first episode like a train running off the tracks and just hoping for the best. And um, yeah, I... I reached out to my friends who were very supportive and thought it was a cool idea and I sketched out my logo idea and a friend Andrew instantly made it digital and translated it exactly how I wanted it to look. Um, I kind of talked to my friend Dave and my friend Cadillac about different 80s vibes and, and Dave made me a very like cure sushi in the band. Susie and the Banshees uh, kind of intro and then Cadillac made me the opposite of a very like fun 80s cheesy pop version and I alternate between them because each episode's a little different and each episode deserves the a different intro Um, and it's my podcast and I do what I want. Anyways, they helped me and I reached out to Simone and we just have this natural banter and I think everyone has that natural banter with her because she is just so happy and easy to talk to and I was like, that's it. She's doing something cool. She's doing street art. She was doing um, her street art and posting up pictures of people she knew with kind of inspirational quotes of music or art related or just being like humanizing people and and really showing that everyone like bringing a community together and I wanted to talk about that and if you can even hear it in the episode we barely get to talk about it I would be so much structured now and like better with interviewing her and having a flow even though I don't know we would probably still go on tangents but we recorded and uh I was gung-ho I knew that it was shit and I was still proud of it because I did it and I put myself out there and people listened and some people were very kind and gentle when listening to it and but still overall super supportive and that continued um, for me to make another episode and my friend Justin Laura of Horror Business Podcast, he was like listening to me every day freak out about mics and gear and learning how to do everything because I was kind of just using Taylor stuff and he was just like my go-to guy instead of Google. He just 
instantly told me everything I needed to. And because he does a horror movie podcast, I thought it would be fun to re-soundtrack um, a movie. And we both love David Lynch. Uh, I'm going to say I love David Lynch a little bit more only because I love Twin Peaks and he is not a fan of Twin Peaks. So I get that card. Um, but anyways, he came on. I was trying every different software except for GarageBand to record. Well, like I was trying it through my uh, my Chromebook and I was waiting on my uh, Mac to come and I was just trying to like half-ass it and it was failing horribly and I like lost audio and we had to restart a bunch of times and it it still happened. It happened with Nate Hurst, uh, and that's why I have to re-record his episode, which sucks because there was so much good audio on that. We talked about 90s hip-hop and, like, going back and forth about Counting Crows and questioning our friendship. But we will re-record, and it will be a fun episode, but I knew how to handle it better and not freak out and want to not do the podcast. And there was a lot of those hard moments because I've never edited audio before. I've always been on the marketing branding side of the music business of sorts. Uh, I am better with art and digital mediums than, uh, I guess, music audio mediums. Uh, It was all new to me. And I'm still not that great at it. I mean, some of these recordings are just rough because they're remote And I can't control uh, a person's volume and and being able to stabilize it while while we're in two either different states or just in separate parts of the city since these are little mini clips. But it's still audio that's a lot better than my first first episode. So and I'm still learning and I'm still still learning how to navigate interviews and, and, and doing all that. And that's great. And I, I love every step of the process and it just kind of humanizes me even more. I'm not trying to be inauthentic. I'm showing kind of the rough spots of people who might want to be out there making a podcast, but are nervous to put it out there. I did it. I have a hundred and eighty percent confidence that you can do it so much. And it was like listening to some of the podcasts. Um, I listened to Kevin Smith's interview with Joe Rogan and they were talking about how like starting early on in podcasting, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, um, in the infancy and how they're so, so successful in doing their podcasts that they still encourage nobodies to make podcasts because if you have a cool idea, you should do it. Like there's room for everyone with really cool ideas out there and everyone should take the opportunity. And that kind of just really spoke to me and I wanted to do that. And so sometimes when I leave a little bit of rough audio in and it's just because like there's nothing else I can do. I'm, I'm literally editing to the best of my capabilities and, but I'm not freaking out that it doesn't sound like, you know, my favorite murder or guys we fucked or, you know, girls got to eat or Joe Rogan. It doesn't sound like that. I mean, Colt Cabana has been podcasting for a lot longer than I have and his audio sucks a 
whole lot more than mine and he's had tons of time to get his shit together. So I still feel okay about myself. Um, but yeah, I want for guest wise, I look for musicians. I reached out a lot of my guests in the beginning were just a lot of musicians because I reached out. I had an idea to post in the DIY collaborative page the Philadelphia DIY Collaborative page on Facebook and I had such an overwhelming response and I, I handpicked a few artists and it just worked out like everything just aligned that everyone I was interviewing was making it easier and I was having great playlists and I was able to talk and like really own in on creating the structure and helping edit the audio and I was just I was pumping out one month in January like mid-January to mid-February, I was pumping out two episodes a week. Mark Marin has like a whole team of producers and like how like has a team to put out multiple episodes. People like it's rough and I don't know how they do it and I'm tired and that goes into the second question asked by uh Deb of Secret Nudist Friends. She is amazing and I appreciate getting to know them through this podcast and through the DIY and uh, they just put out, Secret Nudist Friends just put out a really cool fucking music video and everyone should go watch it. Um, But her question was, uh, how do you work a full-time job and run a full-time passion project. And I guess I have to say, fuck if I know. I am running on the least amount of sleep I've ever ran on, even in my 20s. Um, I just feel like I'm constantly hungover and not because I've drank anything. Um, I pump out 40 hours at work. I try to work out and I obviously have to take care of my dog Harley and I work hard to have my shit together and grocery shop and clean and do laundry and binge a little bit on Netflix and every time a new week starts and I was like, I don't think I have anything. I'm like, nope, this is a great idea. I just had Eric and Melina from Basement over. That was an impromptu recording and that was because Basement Fest that they're putting on is so fucking cool and everyone should go to it but it's something I wanted to talk about and I'm going to record with Cami uh the following week and it just Babe Grenade is playing uh and she's in Babe Grenade and it kind of just like sparked an idea and this is what happens is that I get this really cool idea and I'm like we should do this type of episode and talk about Basement Fest and talk about running a house venue show because it's in West Philly opposed to South Philly with Maddie and Traflamador and Um, I, all this stuff goes on in my brain and I do it and I reach out to people and I follow through and I used to be really bad with following through on things and I did it and we recorded and I was editing audio and unfortunately Bandcamp was being an asshole to me so I couldn't get this episode that I wanted out until today and It was all these things working against me and I'm one person and I tell myself that and sometimes it's just like taking a hot shower and like resetting myself or just loving my dog. Um, But I have no idea because I'm running an art collective too and we have a show April 5th at American Cider Works uh, or yeah, 
American Cider Works. I don't know why I want to say that. It's Original 13 Cider Works on North American Street, 1526. Uh, it is from 8 to 11 p.m. It is Skate Your Art Out. Ellen, yeah, Ellen, why? Cannot get this right for the life of me. Elaine Rasnick, a wonderful guest and friend that was on the podcast in the beginning, uh, will be playing and Kate dressed up, which I have not seen yet. But I love their music and I cannot wait to hear them. They're doing kind of like a stripped down uh, set, bar set for me um, to kind of just help out and be a part of Show Me Your Art Collective. Uh, And I am very grateful for that. But I decided to do that. And it's not breaking the mold. Doing a podcast, starting an art collective, not doing anything revolutionary. It's just I saw that I wanted to do those things. And no one was going to give me the opportunity and I had to do it myself and I created those outlets. I could have went to, you know, like I said in the last episode, I could have went and sought it out, but I just decided, fuck it, here's an opportunity, I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. And if I crash and burn, I crash and burn and that's okay. But yeah, I have, I have no idea how I am, I am running this at all. I know that I'm happy and even when I want to cry and say fuck it, I really do love everything I do and the people I meet. The music I get to listen to, it's all worth it. Um, I want guests who are excited about what they're doing, who want to talk about what they, their endeavors and their, their passions and music. Also, it doesn't have to be just art or music that brings you on our podcast. It can be on my podcast. It can be anything. Um, if you're a waiter at a restaurant or if you, and you love the restaurant that you work in and you want to talk about it, or I'm fascinated with anyone who loves their actual day job. Um, that is something that I always want to talk to people about their careers and how they started or, you know, it doesn't always have to be something creative. You can be proud if you work at a lab trying to, you know, find the cure for uh, leukemia. That is cool. And you obviously, I know you have to listen to music. I obviously want to talk to you about that. Um, I love everything. I feel like... Um, I feel like it's important, but yeah, to answer before going on another tangent to answer Deb's question, I have no idea, but again, if it's good for Nike, it's good for this. Just do it. If you're working full time and you're like, I can't do an art show because you know, I have work all the time and there's no time, make time for yourself. There's plenty of hours in the day. Um, don't watch Netflix. Don't go on your phone. I mean, we suck so many hours out of our day doing useless shit you you can find an hour for yourself to do something that really like empowers you and I I promise you you can um but I had to put that out there um yeah I I want uh I feel like we get in the trap of idolizing people who can be so unattainable or overwhelming that you're not doing enough that we choose to do nothing except daydream. Um, I also like doing this podcast. I just love music. And thanks to my parents, I was lucky enough to grow up in a household filled with metal, 
punk and just good roll, like old rock and roll. Um, I was also lucky to be exposed to jazz and soul and a lot of what I guess we now consider like outlaw country from my grandparents. Um, but that my, my dad has always been a person to show me books and records and music and, um, tell me the history of the bands or funny stories or like just sometimes weird fucked up shit of like, I remember him telling me about Ozzy biting the head off the bat at the Alamo. Like he would always be full of these like random facts. Uh, and it just made me interested. And I thought my, I always have thought my dad is the most interesting guy in the world. And he made me cool. And I owe a lot of that to him. And he listens to this podcast. Uh, so thank you. But it's also going to lead me into my dad's smart-ass question that he submitted of where did all those CDs go that you quote-unquote borrowed? Well, we both know the damn answer to that. Most likely scratched to hell in a box somewhere in your house. Um, Good thing you don't use CDs anymore. Uh, I tried to buy you CDs like two Christmases ago and you were like serious serious FM or whatever in your truck And you were so happy about it because you could listen to anything you want. So why does it matter where your dance hall crasher or CD is? I know that. I know 100% to everyone. My dad is still pissed that I took his dance hall crashers. Yes, a California ska punk band. My dad is pissed that I took that record and I scratched it. Um, That being said, um, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I scratched so many of my dad's CDs. God, being a parent must suck. You want your kid to be cool, so you show them these things, but then they will ruin the shit out of your stuff, no matter how many times you instruct them how to handle. I remember my dad showing me, like, the proper way to, like, spray and, and dust the CDs, and I just did not fucking care. I was reckless with his CDs, with my CDs, um... That being said, my parents rule and have always supported any harebrained idea I've had. And even if they didn't understand or might have had doubts about the things that I decide to take on, they've always got my back. And for they were kids when they had me and I and having a kid when you're a kid. Well, they were like they were in their 20s. Um they did a pretty damn good job, at, or at least I think so. And at least raising a kid in Troy, New York, because that has to be a pain in the ass as well. Um, so yeah, uh, if you want to be a guest and you have something cool you want to share, please feel free to email me at showmeyourplaylist at gmail.com. Uh, I would love to know what other people are doing in the city. Uh, I am trying to like spread out my recordings, but if I feel like something is like super necessary to, to like showcase, I will definitely make the time. Um, I always make the time somehow. Again, I just have no idea how I extract so much productivity from the hours of like six to midnight. Um, And if you want, if you're an artist and you think the art collective is a pretty cool idea and you want to be a part of it, please, please do not hesitate to email me at 
showmeyourartcollective at gmail.com. I have art shows in, um, coming up from May to, well, April to August. And every month is a different theme with different music. And I want you a part of it. So don't feel shy or um, nervous. I am pretty lax about stuff as long as it fits the theme. Um, curating is is a passion of mine and I love doing it. It's just, I also have very much the mindset of I want everyone of inclusive, being inclusive and, and, and bringing together very highly experienced artists and not so experienced artists and everything in between. Um, that's kind of the whole point of a collective. We learn from each other. So before going into my, uh, show me your band playlist and this is basically the coolest I got to talk to people all over um really weird I got to reconnect with a person that I knew Tony Bucci uh out in Albany we hung out with the same people we might have not hung out in the same groups but um well we didn't hang out like together but we hung out with like friends of friends that knew each other uh for a minute he worked around he worked at a coffee shop around the corner from my old apartment before I moved uh he had played shows with other friends I had seen his bands play countless times at different places in Albany and he submitted songs and he submitted uh Broken Field Runner songs and I was just like I know you dude of course and then I talked to Meyer of Moist Boy, and I had seen his old band play with Tony's old band back in Albany before. Uh, it was just weird and cosmic of that the universe kind of just like will always bring people together in some sort of weird fashion. It's just a very small world, small little DIY punk scene. You're just gonna always find it. Uh, and I got to check out some really cool music local to Philly. Bill Guy in the Essentials, uh, Mikey Mayo, uh, yeah, Breakfast for Turtles. It's really weird, but you get to get, like listen to little mini interviews with them, get to know their project, listen to their song. It helps break up podcasts. You get to listen to a little bit of audio and then listen to a song. A little bit of audio, listen to a song. Um, I hope everyone really enjoys it, but since I don't really get to do it often, I am going to talk about the music I've been listening to. And this is kind of just like right off the bat, I just pulled up my Spotify and I am going to list what I've been uh, listening to. And some of it is going to have uh, songs from other playlists um, that are future playlists that you will hear just because I have to... I. I take it very seriously. I listen to everyone's playlist. Uh, so I have been listening to, ooh, today I found uh, Rihanna J. Uh, Rihanna J. Very soulful, R&B, neo-soul, like, fusion going on. If You Won't is a badass song, and I can't stop listening to it. Um, highly suggest it. If you're into... Uh, you know, the SZA alternative R&B sound, check out Rihanna J. 
and she just dropped an album, Love Me Like, and yeah, that has been playing for a majority of this morning. Uh, Lizzo came out with a new song with Missy Elliott, Tempo, given all the love to the thick girls as a, as a thick girl, as a woman who has a hard time kind of always finding that confidence that I like fake it till I make it. Lizzo is like the soundtrack and I was lucky enough to get a ticket and I have no idea. I literally bought a ticket to Lizzo and this is connecting it to Simone. So Simone, I was, had a busy day at work. I opened up Instagram. I saw, uh, the, the Lizzo's presale tickets and in her like story. And I was like, shit, I'm on her mailing list. And I didn't get a notification and I wasn't paying attention to my phone that day at work. And I just clicked on it and it brought me to the tickets for presale. I got a presale ticket, checked out, and I checked in with Simona. I was like, hey, did you get tickets to Lizzo? And she was like, they're all, they were already all sold out, so I have to wait until Friday when they go on sale. I was like, I just bought one. She's like, there's no fucking way. And I was like, no, I just, I literally just bought one. And we went back in there to try to buy her another ticket, and I couldn't. And it was just weird. And it sold out in like five minutes. And I mean, she's playing the TLA. So it's not a huge place, but it's still pretty fucking big. And for like five minutes, it's goddamn impressive. Um, Really pumped on Bars of Gold releasing all these singles. Uh, For those who don't know, Bars of Gold are ex-members of Bear vs. Shark, uh, My Love for Post Hardcore, and All Things Old EVR. Uh, Bear vs. Shark is one of my favorite bands and Bars of Gold have been putting out songs and they just put out a song today uh, called Atlantic City and it is like punk and Bruce Springsteen had a baby like post-hardcore and Bruce Springsteen had a baby and that is Atlantic City Um, as it should be if it's named Atlantic City. Uh, I found through Taylor, this band Retroglyphs. They are from Philly and they are all things 80s and synthy. And they released an EP Angel Eyes and their song Closer fucking kills. And I have no problem backing a local band so hard. And this band, don't know any of them, don't care. I fucking love Dancy, synth, dream pop, sounds and they're on uh my playlist this week uh philly local dave haas uh of the loved ones and falcons uh saboteurs is a new single that just came out i've been playing that song a lot uh jenny lewis uh that sweet smoking hot babe just released uh on the line album and i can't stop listening to dogwood it's a really good fucking song uh miguel kicking it old school we were talking about uh my friend and i have we're talking about the ultimate uh sex playlist the lebron james kind of playlist and I have been listening to GFG and Simple Things off Wild Heart, 
It's really sexy songs, really fucking like it. Um, I have been listening to uh, Dayglow, a lot of like dream pop 80s sounding stuff for me. Um, I did, after talking to Meyer and being interviewed and asked questions this week, um, I went down the Ramones kind of rabbit hole. Uh, Road to Ruin is my favorite. I love Needles and Pins, and so I've been listening to that song a lot. Um, Because of Bars of Gold, I went back to The River um, by Bruce Springsteen. Um, That, the, like, the one he just released with all the songs, um, I can't stop listening to. My favorite Bruce Springsteen song now is The Time That Never Was. It's such a fucking good Bruce Springsteen song. Everyone should listen to it. But yeah, that is my playlist. This is kind of a intro to me. You get to hear me ramble once a month and feature a bunch of bands and their songs. And I will tell you what I'm listening to so you can check that out. Make sure you go to the show notes. It will have all the band's information to any events that they have coming up, their Facebooks or Instagrams or both. Uh, and their music on Bandcamp or their websites, whichever that may be. I really hope you like this episode. Please share, review, and follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Show me your playlist at, yeah, it's pretty much everywhere, except on Twitter, it's show me your play, which again, very pornographic, can't help it. Uh, I hope you enjoy, and I will see you next week. Uh, You will hear Eric and Melina talk about Basement and Basement Fest, and I am going to have some little mini snippets of people in bands uh, that are on that fest talking, getting you pumped up, because everyone should go. It's a pretty cool house venue. Okay, see you next week. I have Meyer from Moist Boy. Uh, I'm not one of those people that are affected by the the word moist, so I want to know how this name came about. Well, I guess there are a couple of different origin stories, uh, depending, okay. on who, depending on who in the band you believe. Um, okay. Tyrell, our bass player, is of the belief that we were all hanging out at our practice space in the summer one time, and there's like no... There are these huge windows in, in yeah. our practice space that you can't open, but they just like let in a shit ton of sunlight during the, the summer. Okay. So our room gets like insanely hot and we were so sitting like on the leather couch. Yeah. It's like a steam room. And <laughs> we were sitting on the couch after we had played for a bit, which is like a leather couch. And our backs were like sticking to the couch. And Tyrell oh. was like, it's a moist boy in here. Oh. <laughs> So that's one story. And then there's the other one is like, which is, I, I thought this was how the name started, but I guess Tyrell thinks that this happened after the other one, but he thinks that, uh, or I think that it, we came from a conversation we were having about how, you know how when you're like, your drug dealer is, has like nothing available, they're dry. Yes. And so we like the idea that we're like never dry. We are like I can get moist. behind that. You're always yeah, moist. moist. Yes, exactly. So it's like it's very like kind of coded. I guess okay. it's not like very obvious, but it's also just like we picked it because like I kind of think 
like punk music is kind of about being repulsive. Yeah, for sure. Like moist is just a, a word that culturally, for some reason, a lot of people are just immediately repulsed by. Yeah. And I just, I always want to know why, like, is it just because of like the definition? Like if you didn't know the definition, if moist meant paint, right? If we just replace, like I'm moisting, how gross is that to say out loud? I know. Well, there you go. Like, I don't, I really think it's just an odd sound. Like it's a- it's, there aren't many other words that have like a, I don't know, hoist maybe. Hoist? Yeah. <laughs> Ho- like hoisting up. But even that is kind of like a, it, there's a grittiness to hoist because of the, o- it's like the oist of it all. Um, yeah. I don't know. All, all I know is that it's, I, it's just a, it's a funny word to me. I like that the second you tell people our band name, they have a, a thought about it. They're usually like, <laughs> is that really your oh. band name? Or they're like, who likes that? What are, what are you doing? <laughs> um, well, I will say this. So when everyone submitted music and I put up, I, and I, of course, had to say, like, moist boy in the typical, like, Jewish Brooklyn grandma accent, <laughs> um, I pulled up your band camp and I enjoy, I enjoy, like, good artwork, like, illustrations that are just really weird and makes you, like, look a little bit harder. And there's, like, an a dude with a uh, a tramp stamp. Yeah, the of, toilet tramp stamp. Yes, I'm very intrigued about this this uh, illustration. Is there a story behind it? Uh, I mean, he's kind of he was just like the first kind of visual thing that we had for our okay. band. Like um, my friend Max, uh, who is a, a visual artist and okay. like musician. Um, he's kind of like, I guess you could call him like the artistic director of Moist Boy in a way. Cool. Like he's done all of our t-shirts, all of our album art. Um, and he just like, you know, he gets it. We barely even have to explain to him what we want. And then he's just like, I know exactly what you want. And right so we, just, we had the idea for like a toilet tramp stamp. Cause that's just <laughs> hilarious. Um, and then he, he was like, how do you want the man to look? And we were just like, I don't know, like a, like a, just a regular weird looking average guy. <laughs> and so just, it kind of looks like a weird, like Hank Hill, like Hill. a bald. That's Hank exactly. Hill. Yes. It's like uh Hank Hill and the, the, ba- the actual bald dude in uh, King of the Hill, like, if both those characters morphed yeah. into each other, because, like, the bald dude just really needs Hank Hill's glasses and the no butt <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess I could definitely <laughs> see that. It's, like, those two fronting. So, uh, how long has Moist Boy been playing shows? Moist Boy's been playing shows for about two and a half years. Okay, cool. And you guys are in uh, Massachusetts. What part of Massachusetts? Uh, we're based out of New Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, a city about an hour south of Boston, kind of right in the armpit of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So like below yeah. Cape Cod, but above Providence. So like we're about 25 minutes north of Providence. Okay, cool. Uh, Rhode Island's awesome. I love Rhode Island. Um, yeah, we've played a lot of shows, and most of our good shows have been in Rhode Island. Do you, uh, do you play shows often in Philly? No, this is actually going to be our first time. 
Oh, shit, really? Cool. Um, so you have a show coming up in Philly when? Um, it is going to be on April 21st. April 21st, so one day after 420. Uh, yeah, 420 is the first show of our tour. It's going to be in Brooklyn at the Gutter Bar. Oh, right on. Uh, I, I enjoy the Gutter Bar. Um, where are you playing in Philly? Oh, hold on a minute. I actually don't oh. remember. It's called Right Aid. Right Aid? Yeah. No, I. Yeah, right. Is it in what? I wonder if it's in West. Awesome. I don't. I don't know much about it. He just said it's a spot called Rite Aid. It's a spot called Rite Aid. Okay, I will do some digging. If there's no Facebook event, maybe I could at least link you to like a flyer or something. That works. Um. So. Not like. I mean, <laughs> chances are the flyer probably won't even have an address on it. it yeah. Know, what kind of music do you listen to when you're not making music? <sighs> Man, honestly. <laughs> Podcasts. Podcasts, really? <laughs> what are your opinions? Yeah, I, I mean, I just listen to, like, I feel like I'm, I just am involved in music. Like, I'm in another band called Dream Job. Okay. And so I have, like, usually, like, two rehearsals a week. And I also freelance. So I play, like, a lot of, like, musical theater. Yeah. So I'm gigging, like, I, I play, like, a musical a month, usually. So I'm, like, just gigging all the time. It's, like, and I'm also, like, always working on my own material, mm-hmm. you know, like. Sometimes I'll come home from work. I'll play guitar for like two hours or something. After that, I, I really just kind of want to just like not, not listen. <laughs> yeah, but like some podcasts I really dig are there's this podcast I've been listening to called Ramones of the Day, which I really like. Ooh. They've been going through the entire Ramones catalog song by song and just kind of talking about it and dissecting it. I would totally be yeah. into that, and I did not know about that. It's, it's a lot of fun. They're they're two comedians okay. from Los Angeles. Sometimes I wish they had like more music guys on, but there's a c- couple episodes that are amazing. Like they have Ed Stasium on there. Okay, cool. Fuck yeah! And he talks a lot about like the behind the scenes stuff from like a perspective that's not in a lot of those Ramones biographies. Like he talks about who a lot of the session musicians were. Yeah, kind of a little bit about the writing process for some of those late career albums like oh that's interesting so I, i'm really like digging hard into that I, podcast i could nerd out on that for sure yeah that's like and then of course I, on the other side of that like i guess if you really want the the other answer to that is i i'm kind of like a ramones fanatic oh, okay they're kind of like they're kind of like my beatles so like when i'm done like listening to podcasts sometimes i'll just like throw on like a random ramones like live set because you just enjoy that, it all the time Kinda. <laughs> I'm not, I know, it's a little depressing, but I'm not going. I listen to, to other things. <laughs> it's just one of those things where, like, I'll listen to like the Ramones and I'll be like, "Yeah." Then I'll put something else on and I'll be like, "This is not the Ramones." <laughs> I can I can appreciate that. I mean, I love the Ramones. I don't think I have as much love and admiration as you, but I definitely they were definitely one of my favorite bands, and I just put them on. Someone asked me like what my favorite albums were and I had like I had to think really hard and it's one of those like Rob Gordon moments where I get super overwhelmed and then get upset that someone would ask me to like narrow it down but Ramones made it on there for sure uh which record if you don't mind my asking oh are you going to are you going to judge me if I say the wrong record um (laughs) no I'm just curious because I feel like all their records are so different I I just kind of I feel like I'll learn a little bit more about you if I know which record you like the most okay the one that I put on there was Road to Ruin Oh, yeah, that one is so fucking good. It is. That was my Ramones answer. Hopefully, I uh, did not disappoint any Ramones 
fans by saying that. No, I, I mean, if anywhere in the first four, and you're you're on solid footing. Okay, I think. good. Um, so we are going to play a song. Uh, we are going to play. I don't want to go outside anymore. Can you tell me about this song? Uh, it's it's actually I don't wanna go oh, outside. Wanna. Oh, okay. No more. Sorry. <laughs> I no, it's okay. It just it's it's important for the syllable count okay. in the actual singing. Oh, okay. Perfect. What's this song about? Um, I wrote it when I was on the train in Boston and just looking around at all the people in my surroundings and I was just thinking like, why did I leave the house today? <laughs> Um, and so I just kind of wrote, I don't know, it's just kind of a song about, uh, existing in the world and kind of wondering about, uh, why, why you're, why you're even a part of it at all. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not a reflection of what I truly believe, but I think it's a reflection of what I think like punk is about. And I think like a healthy dose of like cynicism and self-loathing are like crucial for like anything to be snotty. Oh yeah. I think that and I think like snottiness is like an essential component of like what I'm trying to do. I like that. With moist boy. I like I like the word snotty. I like the word snotty. Yeah, it's moist, yeah right? it is. <laughs> it's very moist. I like snotty along with punk. I, like you really do need like a half a cup of like cynicism with like a half a cup of self loathing. And then, yeah, like there's a there's a line in I don't want to go outside where uh, the protagonist of the song says, uh, "I should just commit suicide, but that would be too much work." Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's that's like pretty much the whole ethos that like you're interested in like the darkness, yeah. like like you feel like the whole world is like dark, but doing anything about it just seems too much. Like too much too much effort too much like effort. it's easier to just sit on the couch and like hurt yourself and and watch just like yeah watch the world burn, yep you know that exactly <laughs> or do what i just right, did and watch uh the netflix uh movie uh the dirt about motley Crue. oh my god dude i watched <laughs> i watched it on a flight home from a tour the other day yeah that i don't know man <laughs> it's, it's rough it's a weird it's weird it's just all all weird and it makes me hate and I, like I feel like it could have been a better movie it definitely could have been a better movie I don't know, it was a cool story but also like i feel like it could have been cooler i feel like it could have been cooler and i think that you did you watch uh bohemian rhapsody yeah i was gonna i draw an immediate comparison with that when i was watching it i was like this is like the scummy version of Bohemian Rhapsody. Exactly. That's what went through my head. I was like, you know when that moment changed and the directors changed in Bohemian Rhapsody when they fired the first one and they got the second one and there was that like shitty part where like Queen was playing their instruments and it would be like Star Detroit Star like Yeah, like the, the like corniest like yes. straight from the like Screenwriters Guild handbook like manual on how to like write a story. Also, I think they ripped Wayne's World in like a not good way. And I don't know how maybe this is like a, a hot take or whatever, but I thought that Bohemian Rhapsody would have been a better movie if they just focused on like two years. Like yeah. the most interesting two years of Freddie Mercury's career. I think instead of like trying to fit trying it to all tell in. like this whole 
sprawling because like I feel like everything is underdeveloped in that film. Yeah, I'm gonna shout it. Like, I'm gonna shout it out to anyone who really wants to know about like Queen's history and like backstory. My friends do a podcast called Rock Candy, and they have they basically drink beer and talk about like the history of it's like behind the music but in podcast form. And, uh, yeah, they did a, like, three-part or four-part series on Queen. Learn it that way. Just give me good cinematic value. (laughs) Just give me good cinematic value. So I am going to play this song. I want to say thank you for being on the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you guys play in Philly. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This was uh this was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. No problem. I don't want to go to China. I just want to stay in. Everybody thinks staying inside. It's not your sin. I don't know. Oh, no. I just want to go outside. No more. I just want to go outside. I don't want to see this world no more. I think my room is good enough. just got off a call uh with Meyer from Moist Boy I know Meyer very well so I have Tony uh of Broken Field Runner tonight thank you for being here and recording with me remotely no problem thanks for having me of course uh so funny story we are from the same city in upstate New York that is correct yeah um we are are you what part are you from actually of like we we know that we're we lived in albany but yeah are, i went to albany for college i went to okay Rose, uh directly out of high school and then went to suny um albany for graduate school but i'm originally from hudson so like 45 minutes south of Albany. gotcha yeah right on uh the the, isn't it like the hometown of Coheed and Cambria? 
Somewhere near there. Oh, yeah. The yep. <laughs> Valley for sure. Yeah. The birthplace of EVR, all the good things to come Absolutely. from there. Absolutely. I was a, um, what are the kids using now? I was a stan for EVR. Oh, really? Fuller. Yeah. I was obsessed with all the bands. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know that, like, if you are from Albany, it's not impressive that you worked for them. But if you're anywhere else in the world, it is impressive that you worked for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Broken Field Runner. Uh, I have seen you play with Koji before. Yep. Um, you were just doing it as a solo act, but now you, you're doing it with a, a full band? Well, what's funny about that is I've been trying to make it a full band ever since it started. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was in the the reason why Meyer from Mo- Moist Boy, who you were just on the phone with, um, yep. knows me is because our previous bands. Well, he's still in um, the band uh, Half Hearted Hero, I believe. Now it's called Dream yep. Job. Yep. Um, they uh, toured with my previous band, another upstate New York, uh, what or, or late aughts pop punk <laughs> band um, called Caleb Linehart. Yep. Uh, we toured together. And um, so ever since that time, I've been trying to make it a full band, but I cannot, for the life of me, hold down members. So for periods of time, it was a full band. But yep. before the release of this new album that we're about to release, I am almost completely alone again. I, oh, no. <laughs> I know. But it happens <laughs> time to time. Uh, I'm joined, not right this minute, but on the tour that's coming up uh, with my best friend, best man in my wedding, uh, Jojo Rose, um, he goes by nuns and plays a lot of shows in um, Albany. So it's really oh. me and him at the moment. And it's like, it's not a test to you because like, so anyone who says Tony Bucci has nothing but great things to say about oh, you. Oh. Nice. I hope that when I listen back to this podcast episode, there isn't like Meyer going, you know what, that guy, he really is. <laughs> that guy <first."> sucks. Um, <laughs> You know, don't say anything mean to his face. We all find it back. I was kind of worried. He is a huge Ramones fan. He, like, was telling me about a Ramones podcast, and we were, like, going back and forth, and I got interviewed, and I told him my favorite Ramones album, but I was nervous because I didn't want to be judged. I was like, am I going to say the wrong Ramones album? And then you're going to be like, I don't want any part of this podcast. So the, the beauty of Meyer, and I think it's because he, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, maybe at one time he was a music teacher. He is, yeah. He, okay, so he's just such a good guy to talk to about music, no judgment, because he's turned me on to some of my favorite bands, and I believe he's such a big Ramones fan that I don't think he probably would judge you. He'd probably say, oh, that's a good choice, but have you ever tried Rocket to Russia or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> like uh that's good but maybe you should listen to this one he introduced me to guided by voices which currently is like so good bands yeah and i never would have even given them a chance so he's um i don't know speaking of uh people you rarely hear uh bad things about um i love that boy we found two guests that know each other, and it's all from the East Coast. Yeah, uh, DIY music, it's hard. There, I've re-met so many in very similar ways to how you and I just re-met each other. Yeah. 
through uh, punk and DIY music. So. so you are now currently living out in California? Yeah, I live in Los Angeles, yep. Oh, how's that going? You like Los Angeles? Um, so basically what happened is my um, girlfriend at the time, wife now. Awesome, congrats. Thank you so much. We um, kind of got to a point in Albany where we both went to college there. Mm-hmm. We, um, had lived there for many years after college, got jobs there, and we kind of looked at ourselves in the mirror on the verge of 30 and we're like, do we really want to live in upstate New York for our entire life or do we want to try something else? Yeah. So kind of like put our finger on the map and we knew a couple friends in Los Angeles and it was kind mm-hmm. of like uh, wash our hands of upstate New York for a, a time and go to Los Angeles and see what happens. So, I mean, I, I like it because, you know, uh, right now it's I think 70 degrees outside which is beautiful uh, yep <laughs> so that I can't complain about that very much um it's really expensive as I'm sure you've heard or imagined oh for sure yep so that isn't fun but then again Philadelphia is, has similar struggles I'm sure oh yeah I mean Philly's still like a reasonable place to live in certain areas um you can still like live and be there's so much stuff going on that's the problem with Albany is that there's not enough stuff going on all the time yeah so you just feel very like secluded in your circles but you noticed that in recent years I know you said that you moved to Philly from Albany in what 2013 you said um, I moved from um, Albany to Cincinnati in 2013. Oh, yeah, and then um, from Cincinnati to Philly in um, it'll be two years in June. I think recently, um, and I, you know, this comes in waves because I feel like when I first started in college, there was a lot like a pretty vibrant um, basement show culture. Yeah, fell off again in Albany, and then it like is building up and, and and falling off. But right now, it seems to be this upswing in sort of indie rock in Albany and there's a lot of really good bands and uh, people trying at least to do something there so you know the joke is that Albany is boring right keep all yeah. boring <laughs> it really is there's like a lot of cool stuff happening there it sounds like and people are really trying to build something you know oh yeah I think it was just really hard with um I think with valentine's closing and then and like a lot of our like it kind of happened in a slow motion like there was a lot of stuff that kind of closed and shut down and it was like it took a couple years for each venue that we kind of like held on to so there was like trinity church and the new age and then uh saratoga winners and then um, Northern Lights con- like converting to Upstate Concert Music oh. Hall, and then Valentine's closing, and then Bogey's closing. Like it, it was, it's this like weird thing of like we had a couple laps, like at least our like us growing up yeah. had a couple laps of years between venues closing. But as soon as like Valentine's closed, it was like right after. Then Bogey's closed, and then it was like, where do you play shows? And um. It just, and we were like still in the age of like being able to have VFW halls in Albany. And like, uh, I forget, what was the Saratoga one? It wasn't a VFW, but it was like a community. The SCC. C, yeah, that one, yeah. Um, community center. Yeah. But there's also like a lot of these houses that are popping up that um, I think are trying, which is a good idea to keep their address hidden so that cops yeah. don't rate it. But there's like, 
uh, the Rice House, which used to do stuff um, when we were younger. I think the name yep. revived. Um, and there's people doing stuff there. There's this uh, place called the Orange Peel that I keep seeing. I don't know. I saw that too, and I have no idea what that is, but it yeah. looks cool. Yeah, like, they have cool like, shows. Yeah, and and um, there's this guy Dan Dan Madalone who he's been you know active um, doing things for a long time, and he's been doing shows in his basement. Um, so I think there are people still interested in, in making, you know, things happen in Albany, which is really good to hear because a lot of bands that we all thought were really amazing when I was in Albany all moved elsewhere and became, uh, for lack of a better term, popular musicians. My yeah. Not included, but like the florist, for example, Emily yeah. Sog and uh, another Michael and uh, Meg Duffy of Hand Habits. Like all these people left Albany and are now really doing amazing music so. i there's like always a love and admiration for albany but we there was just like this this like center of greatness and then people who just get easily and maybe it's just like now as an adult it's just getting burnt out because there was like people who would put on shows all the time and we're like smug kids like picking and choosing when we want to go to shows and not showing up yeah we can get we can get lazy in upstate new york yeah real ease real easily um so you guys so you are coming out to the east coast to play shows yeah yeah so Today is Sunday, right? So next yep. next Sunday, um, and for a week afterward, I'm going to be playing seven shows, seven days in the, the Northeast. Oh, so and is Philly going to be one of those I, spots? I tried. I'm in the same group that you. So okay, uh, Broken Field Runner is just me. Like I said, um, for the most part, I have a record label, but I, you know, they're very DIY. Um, mm-hmm. Jetsam Flotsam does the best they can, but it's really a, a teacher who does this on the side to help out um the bands he really loves and his wife um and him put out the records themselves i don't have a booking agent i don't have promotion i don't have a yeah or any of that so i book all the stuff myself and i tried to make philly work but for whatever reason this that weekend is just not happening so oh shit what weekend is it um well next next weekend next weekend okay trying to be there on sunday the 31st but i'm i'm gonna play in central uh pennsylvania instead with um my friend uh he does music as condition oakland um so okay yeah i'll be i'll be playing in in central pa but i'll be in like trenton new jersey um all things relative and close yeah plus you make really cool music um yeah of course uh so Palm Trees Wave, mm-hmm. this song. Can you tell me about it? Sure, sure. So um, this batch of songs um, that is coming out as a full-length record on Jetsam Flotsam um, in the next couple of months is all really um, kind of like meditations on moving away from your small town and moving to a, a much bigger city. And yeah. how you can sort of feel... Um, small or swept away or mm-hmm. you know, like uh, not unimportant. And uh, I don't know. It's hard to say that a particular song is about uh, something specific. Because yeah. What I try to do is the chorus is kind of like my thesis statement to bring it back mm-hmm. to high school. <laughs> um, each of the verses is kind of like a, a, 
variation on that whatever theme that is. Yeah. So, um, the first verse is very much about being homesick. And then the second verse is about like some traumatic events that uh, I had heard about. And then the third verse is kind of like a meditation on, um, you know, mortality and uh, our purpose as like creatives and artists in a time where things that are much more important seemingly are on the horizon. You know what I mean? So it's kind yeah, of like, uh, for sure. should we, shouldn't we, is it important? Is it not important? And ultimately I think, the answer to the question in the song is like, yes, like, yeah. is, you know, fulfilling. I can get, I can get behind that. And it's such an academic approach to a construction of a song, <laughs> like very structured. So I am going to play Palm Trees Wave. And if people want to find more music, uh, you are on Spotify and Bandcamp or just Spotify? Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, though, I think title, those songs are coming out on too. Cool. On Facebook, find us on Twitter, Instagram, the whole thing. And um, if you are in central Pennsylvania, I'll be at the Drunken Monkey in Ashland, Pennsylvania on Sunday, um, March 31st. Cool. Thanks so much, Tony. Thank you for calling. Of course.
of breakfast for turtles thank you for joining me on this podcast episode of course uh so breakfast for turtles is a very unique name i want to (laughs) know more about how that name came about well so so before we were breakfast Mm -hmm. turtles i forget what our original name was it was awful um and then for a while and this is is also fairly bad but we were were gerald and the scrubs of shame which fits oh wow fits on nothing (laughs) um but uh and, and Gerald is the name of my Oh, turtle. okay. <laughs> and uh he's uh he's uh, sitting right behind me now, um floating slowly through the water. <laughs> uh and yeah, I guess just Breakfast for Turtles sounded like it was it was catchier. It was uh more Yeah. Fun, yeah, it and it actually you know, it didn't it didn't steep things behind some weird mask of being the name of a pet that nobody knows. Fair enough. Fair enough. I um Breakfast <laughs> for Turtles, as I was going through music, I sat down and listened to everyone's music who submitted it and I was like, I really wanna know what this Breakfast for Turtles sounds like because you think you're going into something with like one idea and you hear something different. Um <laughs> so can you describe to me the sound of Breakfast for Turtles for someone who might not know you or have listened to you before so yeah i mean um i mean and our our sound like i i, I like to keep like mm-hmm. consistent 
evolution and growth in For everything sure. I do. Um, but so, so I guess the, the recordings that are out now get a lot of influence from groups like the Violet yeah. Fountains, from uh, the Mountain Goats, um, a lot from like uh really really folksy stuff um yeah uh so i, I guess like we 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 exist in some amalgam of that um the the recordings we had our 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 arrangement is for guitar bass and uh keys. okay uh we've, we've changed things around a bit we're more of like a guitar bass drums trio these days in most of okay. our shows um because lives happen for and, sure uh lineups change yeah. but um yeah it's uh the sound, I, I love the sound back then. I love our sound now. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't of be making course. music. How long have you been playing music, and how long has Breakfast for Turtles been a a band? So, yeah, I guess Breakfast for Turtles has been a band for, like, a year and a half, although our early phases were pretty slow-moving and, um, you know, just getting together every now and then. Yeah, no music. shame in that. Um, I've, been, I've been playing music for a for a long time, uh, although it was an odd, dry spell in my life uh, when I went through college, where it just kind of yeah, and you know, I think lots of uh, lots of uh, problematic spells in my life. Uh, I think directly attributed to that. Okay, um, yeah, the music really uh, helps keep me together. I think a very honest approach because music really does. I mean, whether you play it or listen to it, it's something that kind of like glues us all together so what type of music do you like to listen to when you're not making the actual music um i listen to a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff Uh, but i guess i I listen to everything from like from like funk i really i really like parliament um i i'm starting to get into math rock although i don't i certainly don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge like american Um, football or like maps and atlases um, what what like, C- Clever Girl has this No Drums and Bass in the Jazz Room album, which is, which blows okay. my mind. I um, have not listened to it, but now I want to check it out. Oh, I actually, I want to know, uh, have you, are, are you a native to Philly or are you an implant? I'm a, I'm, uh, I'm an implant, okay. I'd say. Uh, I come from kind of like central Pennsylvania, Pottsville. Gotcha. Not Pottsville. <laughs> Different places. Uh, everyone here thinks it's Pottstown um I mean so like this is like the closest actual metropolitan okay but you're still from uh, Pennsylvania okay okay two and a half fair enough uh and have you been like what would you say is your your take on the Philly music scene um I mean it's been absurdly supportive um like I, I I guess, like, you know, when, when I par- first got it, because in high school mm-hmm. and all, you know, I played in band, but there was never any, any, any direction to anything. But as I'm pulling myself together as a DIY artist, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing to just find this community of, and, I, and I've always enjoyed going to bands and like listening to shows, but just how, how much everyone kind of helps yeah. each other is very incredible. And it's a really warm and loving scene. It is. Um, and I consistently find myself uh, amazed by it. I always say that the 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 little negatives that you do come across, all the positives outweigh those in the Philly music scene. So uh, yeah. I wanted to play uh, on this Show Me Your Band playlist 
a song from Breakfast for Turtles, and I wanted to play We Can Fix This. Can you tell me about this song? I, I tend to I tend to write about fairly dark okay. subjects, and I always try to I always try to create um, like a perspective that is that is relatable and that like touches on little little points in of of, of bits of myself that I have okay. been, um, while still creating some kind of like distance. yeah. So, so I, I it's guess, not uh, too I mean, personal, but it's just personal enough that you can you can still feel like attached to it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's not just necessarily attachment. It's like I want to convey legitimate. I, I, I try to focus on lyricism, okay, pretty heavily. Yeah, I, I, I like to convey legitimate emotions without having to like constantly. Yes, them. I guess it's like this very like uh, kind of like the way a lot, the way people mm-hmm. act. Uh, is a lot the way I try to write, but so it's I guess in it you can find like an amalgam of uh, my many failed younger relationships. Okay, um, and I guess it's kind of a a tongue in cheek uh, look at the way you keep clinging to poisonous relationships uh, long after they are horrible, uh, and long after you understand that they should die. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think I I mean, I can definitely understand that perspective and that point of view. So I am going to play We Can Fix This. Gabe, I want to thank you for submitting your song and being a part of this. Uh, And yeah. Oh, wait, thank you. I also want to ask before we play the song, are do you have any shows coming up? Anything? um, Any like albums or single releases that we should be on the lookout for? So it's been about one month since we've gotten our our, uh, our newest addition to the band, okay. Matt, our drummer. Uh, he's fantastic. So we've kind of been in like like crazy get the live setup yep. mode, and we've been we've been doing that. Uh, but we we're not so we're not at a place where we're recording yet. We have so much yeah. material that I want to actually record it and out there. But we do have shows coming up um, on the. 30th we're playing a house show in Westchester. Ooh, okay. Um I <laughs> uh, you know what? I am not entirely sure the extent to which I can I can fully promote okay. that. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. I don't know whether or not uh there'll be show notes. Uh I can yeah, of talk course. to the organizers there and see whether or not they're fine with me pushing it well, out to the world. But that'll be on okay. the 30th. Um, and then on April 3rd, we are playing at Century with a bunch cool. of Cool. I, I really enjoy the Century. And so everything will be in the show notes. And this is We Can Fix This. Seeing it 
before Let's get married and lose all our friends Race we are Then we can pretend Something kind of wholesome Let's get married and take some cute pictures We'll carve our fake smiles deep in some dusty photo album We can bring them to therapy Let's get married and lose all the sex even if it wasn't good to begin with Let's grow to resent one another Though each would never touch the other And at night we can pretend to be sleeping And listen close to hear the last of the breathing So I have Bill, Bill Guy, and uh, you are a musician, and your project yes. is called Bill Guy and the Essentials. Yes. So are you a local native Philly musician? I am. I've been in Philly. I'm, I'm 26 now, so I've been in Philly my whole life. Right on. Um, so you grew up like in the city of Philadelphia or the burbs of Philadelphia? Um, it's, it's definitely like Philly, like Philly proper. Okay. Um, it's in like the lower Northeast. Okay. Right on. Um, and how long have you been playing music? Um, 12 years, 13 years. Wow. So, so almost half your life. Right. Yeah. Okay. And what, uh, what instruments did you start out playing? So I started, well, I would always like sing and make up songs when I was mm -hmm. a kid. Um, but when I started to play music, um, shoot, actually I was in second grade taking <laughs> piano lessons. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I quit because I had a mean, <laughs> I had a mean old nun as a teacher. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, her name was sister Ildefonse. It sounds like a mean old nun. It was, she was, you know, she was actually kind of sweet, I think, now that I think about it. But at the time, in second grade, like, not, like, I was, I felt like I was, you know. You don't want to practice. Right. And, but I, you just want to be good. Right. Oh, that was such a problem. <laughs> um, always, still. You're right. Um, we just automatically think that we don't have to practice. <laughs> But we're going to well, be the best. Well, always. So, yeah. I mean, I've gotten, so over the years, though, I've gotten a lot more accustomed to practicing and I enjoy it a lot more and find it to be like time for myself mm -hmm. and like kind of a, like a coping mechanism or some yeah. therapeutic like self care as well. For sure. I can yeah. see that. Um, yeah. Where do you usually play out in Philly? So. We play, we play in a lot of houses. Okay. We've, we've played, um, so this band started like around a year ago and we played our first show in November. Oh, at, right on. Uh, no Face. Oh, I love that space. I just saw, um, I just went to, uh, my first show there uh, cool. maybe a month ago. 
Yeah, that's a really cool spot. It is. And it's it's kind of like the Southwest version of Everybody Hits. Right, right. That's that's how I kind of... And it's a little bit... It's not a little. It's a lot nicer than Everybody Hits. But <laughs> <laughs> right. Kind of adjacent style. Right. Two different venues. Um, what... What, um, what's your opinion about the Philly music scene? I, so like growing up here and like starting to play shows in, in, uh, high school, mm-hmm. like I, my first show was like, a, was at the Trocadero. Oh, and you heard that, that it's closing, right? Yeah. That yeah. sucks. I know it's, I was kind of surprised. I was not expecting to see that. Yeah. Neither um, was I yeah. at all. Yeah. So we like it started out and it felt kind of clicky, I guess. Like yeah. in high school too, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, right now it's there's so much going on and I can't really complain. I mean, I keep making new friends and like so many new bands come up and so many great music. So much great music is being written and performed. So uh, I feel like everyone's kind of like having these fusions so there's always genre fusions like yeah. funk and r&b or yeah. like indian chill wave and all this like <laughs> weird stuff that's going on right yeah and so now everyone's kind of being forced to like mingle because yeah. their genres are getting overlapped yeah i love it i love i love the diversity i love uh like a scene that has that's like very eclectic yeah what was your first show at the Troc? We played. I was in a band called Thief Steal Me a Peach. That's a that's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was after we took that from a Sunny Day Real Estate. Yep, I know. The, the EK, <laughs> yeah, um, we played the balcony, and it was like a pay to play deal. Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah, so uh, that was stressful, especially when like the other guitarist like uh, misplaced all the tickets. Um, <gasps> no. <laughs> we found them. No, we found him. Okay. It, it worked out. But, uh, yeah, that was, like, my first experience. Um, before that was, like, a battle of the bands in high school. Right on. That's yeah. cool. Um, do you have any shows coming up? Yes. So, we have, uh, on Friday, we have our EP release. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. And, and that's, that's at the, where is that? That's at Bourbon and Branch. Oh, I love Bourbon and Branch. Yes. Um, and that is going to be with uh some good friends uh puppy angst okay and referee right on cool yeah um i love bourbon and branch such a cool spot um so i want you sent me a song uh caught and we're gonna play it i want to know more about this song oh excellent um you want to you want to talk about it now yeah yeah for sure so i wrote it oh two summers ago Okay. Um, and I wrote it in like in a motel in Maine. What part of Maine? It was called Moody's, I think. Um, shoot, uh, I can't even remember what part we were. We were on our way to Stonington. Um, okay. On the coast. Um, gotcha. By the Penobscot Bay. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry, I can't even remember like the town, but they it's were famous cool. for their whoopie pies. Um, <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I bet that's Googleable. Like you can Google that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, and I I wrote that song and it was after dealing with like some like kind of serious like family issues. Okay. Um it has to do a lot with um the feeling of not being in control. 
Yes. Um, being at the whims of like a greater force of like human nature that mm-hmm. is beyond your control. Um, and yeah, like, uh, like the shitty parts of relationships. Where can people find stuff about Bill Guy and the Essentials? Are you on Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, so we're on Facebook, Bill Guy mm-hmm. and the Essentials. Instagram um, is like at Bill Guy the Essentials. Okay. There might be an underscore there somewhere. I'll put um, it in the show notes. Okay, cool. And uh, I just got I, I got a website put together on uh, Friday. Hell yeah. Um, and that's BillGuyMusic.com. Don't you feel just so much more like established when you have like your own domain? Yeah, I finally I feel like an adult. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right on. So I am going to play Cot. So everyone should go and see Bill Guy and the Essentials on Friday at Bourbon and Branch. Thanks so much. Caught in a trap. Taken away This time it's too again I've tricked myself into
Every word is a sting A bite penetrating with me thank you for recording thank you for having me yeah so what type of music do you make so i've been like kind of like at this moment i call it a uh, mess pop um and kind of like what, what the category that falls into is like i don't know i like to do a lot of different genres of music but I, I'm, I'm always like into melody yeah so melody is really important to me and like it's definitely a driving force in what i do um, but you know, it's, it's fallen between a bunch of different stuff. So like, you know, a lot of emo stuff, a lot of pop punk, power mm-hmm. pop, um, a little bit of, uh, garage rock, um, dark wave, whatever you're wave. feeling like, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, what, what's like the best vessel for like this specific song. And like, you know, I don't know, like. I, like I used to be like a rapper, but okay. Now, now I'm like not really a rapper, and but I'm like I'm still going by the same name. So it's it's been a it's been a, a weird kind of trajectory, a little journey of finding yeah, totally. out which fits. Uh, yeah. Have you always been in bands? No, actually, I've never been in a band. Really? How long yeah. did you? How long ago was it that you started making music? Um. Well, in I made like a, a tiny project in middle school that wasn't very good. Okay. And then I took a hiatus probably till I was 22. Okay. I want to say. And then uh, I think around 2013, I, I started trying to consistently make music. And it's been kind of from 2013 on. And now, do you make all of your music? Like, is it, uh, do you have a full band or do you a lot, do a lot of stuff like electronically? Um, it's a mixture of both. Sometimes okay. I'll do it, you know, depending on the show and like what the lineup's like, I'll, I'll do it by myself with a backtrack, but I also, um, will do shows with, uh, two guitarists cool. um, and a backtrack. And, uh, what kind of music influences you? Like, what are you listening to currently? Currently I've been listening to a lot of local music hell yeah like so, what type of music like which so, bands like friends of mine okay. so like um been listening to rich people a lot yeah um non-fiction a day without love uh sammy ramen been listening to people eating fruit so much love 
love that project, Flower Mouth. It's so good. Right on. Yeah, really, like, find it very relatable and nostalgic. It's a good project. Um, Alyssa, I I, I got a a label collective kind of thing called Trilest, and I listen to everybody on there. Oh, Um, nice. How many, so this is a label that you started? uh, I'm like a a co-founder. Cool. At a deal. And how many bands or music acts do you there's, have on there? So there's seven artists right now, including myself. Um, and they all kind of range in, like, influence and style. But um, uh, there's artists named Glab, D. Wild, Plead the Filth, who's the guy with. Okay. John, John Geddon. Um Gosh, I always like feel like I'm forgetting people. <laughs> it's okay. Else. It's cool. It's- no, no, this always happens to me. <laughs> um, Black Cross, and gosh, uh, let me see. I'm gonna look at the group text because then I on Alex Danilla. Nice. And that's that's everybody. And how long ago did you start this? Well, it, it became an idea. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like two years ago, like, yeah, I want to say about two years ago, me and my friend, uh, plead the filth, uh, a guy named Tyler Kearns, we were on tour. Um, we had a, a duo project out at the time that we did together and we, we had had a collective, uh, like an older thing, but it wasn't really working and it did like the brand didn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like something that really like, people were like oh yeah it was like one of those you know everyone like tries to do those like let's do a couple letters yeah like let's do an abbreviation and like that it didn't really read it didn't really have like an attitude Mm -hmm. to it or anything like it didn't feel like the right thing and we were we're like we're like what what have called it like you know try less country club (laughs) and we just like abbreviated that down to try less because i was just like oh that would look cool on a shirt yeah and um Basically, the idea was that, you know, a lot of people, you know, like, try to make stuff that, like, people are going to like and stuff. And, you know, we really get into these ideas of, like, oh, I'm going to make this and I'm going to get so much admiration and all this stuff. And, like, the whole, like, mantra is to, like, try less and do more. So, like, stop trying and just start doing it. Like, do what you want to be doing instead of, like, worrying about what what the people. Yeah. Yeah. What other people think about it. Who does, uh, so I know that you sent me over this, like, really cool illustration artwork. Who does your illustrations? Um, that's actually a guy from where I grew up originally. I I moved to Philly about, like, seven or eight years ago. Okay. And I went to middle school with this guy, Tyler Lewis Goshen. He's great. He, um... He did another uh, cover for me for the duo project that uh, me and uh, my friend Plead the Filth did. Um, he's great at Tyre Lewis Goshen. Cool. On Instagram. Very he's like great. Mike Judge psychedelic. Oh, yeah. He's very adult swim. Yeah. Kind of like drawing kind of person. Right. Um, right on. And so uh, do you have shows coming up in Philly? Yes, um, April 9th, I am playing a show at Century Bar with A Day Without Love, People Eating Fruit, and Sammy Ramen. Cool. And, yeah. Uh, a Day Without Love, Brian Walker, big D- supporter of the podcast. He, uh, Yeah, DIY Daddy. Yep, he was on the, he was on one of my very, like, first earlier, uh, 
episodes. Yeah, he was how I found out about it. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, cool. Uh, cool. We're going to listen to uh, Rehab Shoddy. Is that it? <laughs> that, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, what? What's the song about? How did you make it? Okay, so, like, basically, like, it's off um, the project Beautiful Mess. And, like, mm-hmm. Beautiful Mess is kind of just, like, about, like, the, like, like the past year of my life and like I like was like doing a bunch of drugs and life was kind of like plummeting in like a huge downward spiral and then like I like went to rehab and like you can see like the first of the album is like really dark Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a pivot and like the pivot song is like rehab shoddy and like no it's like not about like an actual like girl or anything like that it was more like a joke yeah like when I was on like I think I was just like texting a friend from rehab like after i got out of treatment and just like kept saying like you know like the chorus was literally just me saying like being like 12 step shoddy or just like okay i don't just like just like stupid like and i, I basically it was just like i wanted to write a song about rehab mm-hmm. because i thought it was like you know i think there's like this stigma oh f- about, like, yeah about like going to rehab which i had included like i did not want to go to treatment yeah but, like i went and i had like such a good time it was like going to like summer camp except it was in ohio and it was really cold <laughs> uh but um uh basically I, I, re- I always wanted to like you know i'd never been in a band obviously and like I really had a like love for garage rock mm-hmm. and stuff and like I wanted to make this garage rock song and I think especially after being like stigmatized as like being a rapper and stuff I was like I'm just gonna make a fucking garage rock song fuck yeah like <laughs> that'll throw them on the toes so you know it was super strokes and like Interpol influence kind of song kind of pulling from that like you know like early 2000s nostalgia indie stuff cool uh yeah it's an interesting subject and like not being boxed in and not being like confined to what maybe you were once making and expanding on that horizon. Yeah. It's like, it's not a bad thing. No. Like I, I totally like if, if like you need to go to treatment, like please go. It's like, it's way better. We are going to play rehab shoddy. Thank you. Uh, Mikey Mayo. If people want to find you, you are on Instagram, Facebook, yeah, so you can find me at um at Mikey Mayo at M I K I E M A Y O, and then um you can find my label on Instagram as well, which is at Try Less Club. Cool, awesome, and I will put it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for Great. recording with me tonight. Awesome, no problem. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah.
I have Josh from Birthright uh, from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Birthright, what type of music would you describe that you guys make? Um, I, would, I would say post-hardcore is probably the easiest. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what kind of music do you enjoy listening to? Um, between all five of us, we listen to a pretty strange variety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, recently, uh, a lot of people put out an album the other day that I like a lot. Um, yeah. A- Angel Dust put out an album a few weeks ago that I can't stop listening to. Um, we listen to a lot of rap music, too. Um, How do you feel about Angel Dust, like, kind of evolution from their first album to now? Um, I, th- I think it's interesting. Uh, they yeah. they signed to Epitaph, which is, like, a really big label, and th- there's a lot of money on the line there. So I think, you know, that th- I think they're going to be bigger now than before, but, you know, we'll, we'll play it out with that. There were a few rap albums last year that I really liked. Um, Travis Scott's album. Uh, there's a rapper, Denzel Curry, out of Florida, which I thought was really good. But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few things. A good mixture. How long has Birthright been a band? Uh, we've been a band, uh, I want to say, coming up on five years. On five years? Okay. Uh, four of the five of us have been playing together for about nine. So there's kind of a blur there between the last <laughs> project and this. But, yeah, I think about four or five. Kind of like the last, pro- did the last project kind of morph into now what is Birthright like? Um, yeah, it was a little more, uh, you know, 2010 early ish. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we had two vocalists had the uh, Dance Gavin Dance thing going on, but yeah, <laughs> kind of maturing into you know, this. We kind of, I definitely like this direction a lot more. Nothing against the last thing, but this feel this feels right, right on. So, Birthright, you guys have been playing for about five years. Uh, do you come and play in Philly often? We've played in Philly, I want to say three times. Um, three times? Okay. Yeah, usually in the weekend run format. Yeah. Um, we all work. We're busy. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we try and make it up there. Uh, where? What are your, do you guys get to like explore ever when you're in Philly? Um, a little bit. We, since it's not that far, I'm probably there for personal business more than I am for music. Gotcha. So, right on. Um, but, you know, uh, we're thick boys. We go and we get our cheesesteaks. You get your cheesesteaks. Where yeah. are your go-tos for cheesesteaks? Oh, you're going to hate me. We're going to sound <laughs> like those out-of-town idiots. Um, Pat's has it for me. I've tried a few different places. But, but Pat's yeah. is where it's at for you? I'm that, I'm that nerd that just likes one of the top two cheesesteak restaurants. I mean, that... Do you have anywhere that you'd recommend? Uh, I always, so for cheesesteaks, I like to recommend, uh, Tony Luke's in South Philly, uh, has a delicious cheesesteak. Uh, they, I also, I will say Jim's out of all the famous ones. I'm going to say Jim's on South street is probably the best. They cut their meat up real tiny and, uh, it's delicious. So I've, I've had Tony Luke's. We, mm-hmm. a few months ago, we ended up at a Meek Mill concert in Philly, which is just like the most Philadelphia thing. That's we, awesome. had, we had Tony Luke's before and they, they had a good thick cut steak. You know, it was a good sandwich, but had Pat's after the show. Where do you guys play when you come to Philly or where uh, have you played? We've played, we've actually played a few house shows. That's where our connect was for a while. Hell yeah. So we played a matinee show at the fire. Okay. Yeah, that's right down the road from me right now. Um, oh, that was an interesting day. Yeah, the fire is an interesting place. 
do you guys have any shows or weekend runs that are coming through? Or are you guys just still playing local right now? Right now, we're actually writing. Um, we record up in Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, we're planning on making that trip for just like a few songs. Um, I don't know what capacity, whether it's going to be singles or a full EP. But we put out an album last June, and that you know that takes a lot out of you. It seriously does. And, you know, we we had to travel up there about four times to finish the process, and that's like a lot of driving. It took like sixty hours back and forth between the year. But that- yeah, focusing on writing. I want to talk about. We're going to listen to "Deaf and Me." Uh, what is the song about? Um. Okay. So yeah. Sorry to make your podcast like pretty sad. Okay. We were we were in the process of writing, and it was a- around the time my mom got pretty sick. But uh, yeah, music's just like a way to like get stuff out, you know. Yeah. So, that one, you know, hits a little closer to home. She uh, unfortunately passed away back in November. Oh, I'm so, sorry to hear that. You know, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, but uh, yeah, so that song kind of has like a deeper value to it. If people want to find more music, uh, I'll have a link to your band camp in the show notes. Are you guys on like Instagram or Facebook? How do you guys like to interact? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're total millennials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, band camp's probably the most successful thing to get to music. Uh, everything's up for name your price for free. So yeah. Okay, well, I am going to play Deafen Me. Thank you for submitting your music and talking with me. Oh, no problem. Once again, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 